Hey, you're listening to the Chris Gordy Show podcast brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you're looking to make some bets before this weekend's games, head to MyBookie.ag. Let them know you heard about it on Sports 1280 New Orleans. When I hear this song, I just want to go, yeah, you're right. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to take a sip of my Michelob Ultra. It's Chris Gordy's show rolling on here on a football Friday. And every Friday about this time, we catch up with our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South, who survived death last week. So that's exciting for him. Marler, what's up, man? Yeah, that's, uh, by the way, real quick, that intro, is everything okay? Just you're talking to yourself and crushing these Mick Ultras? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm worried about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened? I had, a, I had a scare last week. I was like, I texted you on the way to the hospital because uh, I had to get my appendix removed. But I was able to tell them before and after surgery um, that I needed to go home. I got them, they let me go after an hour after surgery so I can go home and watch the, uh, Texas LSU game the next day. <laughs> I, I was like, it was one of those moments where I'm like, dude, if you don't want to do the call-in, just, just, just tell me. You don't have to make up an excuse. Oh, I'm on the <laughs> way to the emergency room. And I see these pictures, like you're in the hospital bed. So I was like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Somebody did the uh, the Hugh Freeze Photoshop on it, which was just, that was so much karma <laughs> for me. But uh, no, you'll, you'll be very proud you'll, to know that the first thing I did when I got out of surgery, when I woke up from anesthesia, was I texted my boss to let him know that he had gotten my against the spread record wrong on our Instagram post. <laughs> I like it. And you also, uh, you probably woke up and saw LSU running a Big 12 offense in Austin and probably like, what? I must still be under anesthesia. That can't be real. What did you make of what LSU went into Austin and did on Saturday? I mean, so first off, I told you on this show before the season that LSU was going to be, had their best chance of beating Bama. And you, you, sir, were the doubter. Um, no, it, it was it was great to see, man. Especially with, all the stuff, Texas, they're just, they're just kind of the worst because they just think so highly of themselves. And it was cool to see them get like a little, you know, a little bit of dose of humble pie. But what Joe Burrow has been able to do from last year into this year, I, I for one, did not give him enough credit of, of how good of a quarterback he could have become. Because he is, I know it's only two weeks in and everyone, like, everyone's freaking out. And, and you know, you saw the highs and odds went from 200 to one before the season to five to one. <laughs> but I mean, he's earned it. He's, you know, 80% completion percentage. They, they look good. On all fronts, except for maybe that whole DBU uh, argument. Well, look, I, I I look at it as that's that's probably going to be the second best quarterback in offense LSU sees all year. I mean, outside of two in Alabama, like I, I I know some people are overreacting to it. I'm I'm more of the mindset of all right, well, let's see what they do against if they play like that against the Floridas and the Auburns and Mississippi States. Okay, we got an issue, but I look at it as it was more of a hat tip to hey, Texas is really good on offense as opposed to oh, yeah. LSU's got issues on defense. Well, and I'll say this: the most impressive thing to me is if somebody that's watched LSU. You know, like I, I'm not an LSU fan, but if somebody's watched them over the past decade, when they got up early by by double digit score, especially after the half, my mindset was okay. Like they're just going to not run the clock out, but like you're just kind of playing ahead. You don't have to be aggressive, and they answer the bell time after time after time. Whether it was Joe Burrow or or the defense, and and they didn't they didn't get conservative, and they really just kept their foot on the gas, which was I, I think that's a really good sign that the things have changed around there, especially on offense. Yeah, and, and the one thing people brought up too was in 2011 when LSU had you know p- 
probably their best regular season ever. I mean, crushing right. opponents. They went to a hostile environment in Morgantown, West Virginia, and Geno Smith threw for like 400, 500 yards on them that day. But nobody remembers that because we just remember, oh, man, how dominating were they that whole season. And it was the one day the defense gave up a lot of yards and a lot of you know points, but still they got the job done and got the win. So I mean, it would not surprise me if they come back and you know hold Florida to just 17 points or something. I w- that would not surprise me. So we'll see. Right. And obviously a couple weeks to bounce back. It- it's a weird thing right now for LSU because they get Northwestern State, then it's Vandy, then it's a bye week. So they get about a month now to prepare for the next really good opponent, which will be Florida and then and then Mississippi State and Auburn. So it's kind of like, what do you do this week against Northwestern State? You don't, you want to keep Burrow in the Heisman running, so it's like, all right, maybe you play him for a quarter and a half or, or, or two two quarters. It's going to be a kind of a difficult thing, but you also want to get your, your young guys some experience here. Yeah, I think it'd be good to get Miles Brennan some reps and, and stuff like that. I tell you what, like I hope they leave Derek Stingley in the entire game because that kid is just going to be a star. Yeah. But, yeah, this, this is a weird week in general because um, – one of the big topics has been Bama's soft schedule and how they never schedule their like good non-conference opponents. And meanwhile, there are five SEC games against FCS opponents. So it's just a weird. It's almost like having you know that week thirteen, but in week three. So it, it should be interesting. I would I would hope that Burrow does not see the third quarter. Um, you know, after we saw what happened to Terry Wilson last week, it, there's just no reason to, to risk it. Yeah, normally I would run through all the SEC games with you, but it's just, I mean, it's such a crap week. For, like, there's literally only a, a couple of games of interest. So I'll start with the game that you're going to. You're going to be uh, tailgating and uh, going to see, uh, going to the return of the scene of the crime. The last time Alabama went to <laughs> went to South Carolina, it did not go very well for them, but that was basically a decade ago. Um, what do you expect out of this one? I mean, I, I guess it's so weird because South Carolina – before the season, everybody was like, "Yeah, they could really compete in the in the East this year." Now everybody's selling on them, going, oh, "Hell no, they got no chance." I mean, South Carolina fans are some of the most resilient fans I, I think I've ever been around. Because you know, after Week One, it was fire must champ, get rid of them, and then you know, then Halinski comes in after last week, just lights up the world, especially in the first half, and all of a sudden, there's that glimmer of hope. It's back again that they think they can beat Bama. I don't know. I, I think I think it will be. It's a, listen, it's a true freshman against Nick Saban. I know he's going to be at home. It's going to be a, a real fun and exciting environment. It's going to be hot. I'm not, I'm not ready for how hot it's going to be. Um, <laughs> but I, just, I think that this game is going to get away from them early because Polinski, he was great last week against Charleston Southern. I don't think they have enough. Like Their skill position players are kind of banged up with Shai Smith. I think Bama is still angry, and they're going to put it on them early, especially in the first half. Um, they might cover late. But I think this is going to be a pretty big blowout, like around like forty-five, fourteen type deal. Yeah, and it almost feels like like we've got the Saints playing the Rams this weekend. Everybody's talking, oh, revenge factor, revenge factor. I know it's been nearly a decade, but it feels like Saban wants to kind of stick it to them and go, and this is for what happened nine years ago. Right. Well, and and, and thing is though, you can. There's so many different narratives, and I'm so tired of like the Saban versus former assistants. But you just look at at Muschamp's record on his own. I mean, the man's 2-18 and 18 in his last 20 games against the top 25. And, you know, when you're going up against the number two team in the country, I just I don't see that record really changing because I think it is what he is. Yeah, I think the, I think the SEC would be better served not – like going away from hiring ex-Saban assistants because it seems like yeah. <laughs> those don't work. So maybe go the other direction. Just get anybody anti-Saban. Um, I do want to – like for betting purposes, Arkansas State, Georgia being an 11 a.m. kickoff, like – I kind of thinking of maybe betting some money on Arkansas State to cover just because 
what is it, 33 points? It just seems so much, and Georgia may be sleepwalking. Maybe that's one to keep an eye on. So, I mean, yeah, we, we the, the schedule is bad, Chris, but let's not have a negative attitude here. I've been at home, like, recovering all week, which means I, and I, I haven't been on any meds, so I've just been sitting here researching gambling lines against FCS and this terrible, terrible week opponent. So um, I got a lot of info here for you. I like Arkansas State to cover, too. Uh, I think this is one of those games. You have Notre Dame coming the next week. So I think Georgia, again, after we saw what happened to Terry Wilson last week for Kentucky, get Fromm out of there early. They're going to run the football. There's no reason to have any starters in after the after the second half. So I think, and also Arkansas State is uh, one of the top ten scoring offenses in the second half of uh, of games this season. They average like 20 points per game in the second half. So it's just prime for a backdoor cover. Chris Marler, Saturday down south. Uh, if you haven't uh, subscribed to their podca- podcast, definitely go do that and uh, give them a five star rating while you're at it. Hey, normally I would glance over Chattanooga, Tennessee, and go ah whatever. Uh, but I like. I really think Chattanooga's got a chance in this one. The fact that the Vols are zero and two, dude. If they lose this one, fire Jeremy Pruitt on the spot. Like they cannot lose three games to start the season. This is one of the most horrifying, horrifyingly hilarious things I've seen in the start of the season. Like it, it sucks for Tennessee fans, and I hate to pile on, but my God, like just snatching snatching defeat from the jaws of victory last week against BYU. They're already only the, the second or probably third best team in the state of Tennessee. Um, surely they can't be the fourth best team. Like they're there's a they're a twenty eight point favorite against UT Chattanooga. I know nothing about Chattanooga, so <laughs> I, I'm a, I would take. There's no there's no part of me that would ever put money on Tennessee to cover that spread, just out of pure principle to take UT Chattanooga. There's another early one that I think I know your co-host on the podcast, Connor O'Garo, is all excited about because he's like a a closet Mississippi State fan. But Kansas State going to Starkville to play Mississippi State. Both teams are two and zero. By the way, I'll give you five bucks if you can name Kansas State's head coach. Uh, No, you would keep that five bucks. I mean. So they get rid of that geriatric guru, Bill right. Snyder, who's there since like the 1890s, and all of a sudden they, they're, they're putting up 50 points a game. <laughs> who's who's Cr- the coach? Chris Kleiman had no like you could do. You could give me a hundred guesses. I would, no way, no way that's in hell. American Pie. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's what he's I doing mean, now. So this this game actually is is not just because it's a weak slate, but this is an, actually a, a pretty evenly matched and like should be a good game. Um, hopefully Tommy Stevens is healthy for Mississippi State, but Kansas State—they haven't played anybody that's really good. But right now they're putting up over 50 points per game. I think they're third overall in the country in, in total rushing offense. Um, they've, I mean, their offensive numbers have been great. They're first in the country in first downs per game with like 29, and they're only giving up eight first downs a game. So I think I think this is going to be a little bit tougher than people think, uh, especially for Mississippi State. That that defensive line—they're still trying to replace all those studs with the NFL. I think Tylen Hill is—he's is, kind of just like the unsung hero of the SEC. He's—he's been—he was really good last year and kind of had a breakout game against them. It's especially if Tommy Stevens is is injured or out, they're going to have to rely heavily on Tylen Hill. So I think Mississippi State will win um, purely for the fact that Kansas State is one and six against the spread in their last seven road games and zero and five against the SEC. So I'll take Mississippi State to win, but not cover. 
Yeah, uh, for for the record, Kansas State's two wins have come against Bowling Green and Nichols, so not exactly uh, high-powered matchups they've played so far. But uh, your numbers are your numbers, so we'll we'll see what they do. All right, the the big one, the night game in the SEC on Saturday night. You know, my wife is a Kentucky grad; she's all fired up for this one. It's number nine Florida coming into Lexington. We know they lost their quarterback last week at Terry Wilson. Like, I don't want to be mean, and I know he he looked okay so far this season, but. He was kind of a problem last year. Like he wasn't a great quarterback, so losing him, I don't know if it's as big of a loss. Maybe it is from the leadership standpoint, and the guys love him and all that. But they got the quarterback from Troy coming in, Sawyer Smith. Maybe he can keep this close. But let's not forget the last two years. I mean, two years ago when they came to Lexington, Kentucky had them beat, and then they let it go in the, in the last minute. And then last year they went into the swamp and beat Florida in their house. So th- this has been much closer in recent years, and. God, Felipe Franks, I know he looked better last week against whatever scrub they played, but I just can't get that opening game against Miami out of my head. I know Kentucky's defense is going to have to step up and play hard to keep this one close, but I don't know, man. I, I still put Florida on upset, upset alert on Saturday night. Really? Well, yeah, okay. I was really rude in some of the stuff you said about uh, about Terry Wilson earlier, so I hope your wife wasn't listening. I mean, he you're right, though. Like, I mean, he's, he had a lot of improvement this year, and the offense was a lot better, like, especially his part of the offense was a lot better. Last year. I mean, look, keep in mind, he went three of nine for 18 yards in a regulation football game last year. Like, that's, that's, I mean, that's not good. So he, he had a lot of improvements this year. It sucks to see him go down. I don't know what to think of Felipe Franks. Um, I don't think Felipe Franks knows what to think of himself. He had like two incompletions all game last week. Sawyer Smith coming in. It's good that he has some experience. I, I just feel like it's one of those games where Kentucky is. This, Florida's not their biggest rival. Like they don't hate them more than than Louisville, but I feel like there's no team they feel more dismissed by than Florida. And you know they snapped the streak last year, and, and I, I think they really had a good chance of, of maybe pulling the upset with Terry Wilson. I, I think they'll circle the wagons. It'll be a, a really ugly, close game, like a lot like the Florida Miami game. But at, at the end, I think Florida will pull away. It's just their defense, especially in the front seven, just is too good. And there is there any better name in college football than Cavassier Smoke? Cashing Cavassier, like if you don't if you don't start either a tag team wrestling thing or or just like an R and B group, I, I know Cash Daniels does not look like a really good R and B singer, but you never know. That that's, they have to, and and, and Sawyer Smith. That sounds like every single country singer that's ever opened before Georgia Line. <laughs> the legend of Sawyer Smith begins. By the, the way, Sawyer like, Smith. Like if I have a kid named Cavassier Smoke, his brother's going to be like Hennessy. Like I'm going to just go overboard with all the names in the family and just make it ridiculous. But no, look, and I then think make Lin- the middle child named Mick Ultra just so he knows that he's not as cool. <laughs> I think Lynn Bowden gets loose on on a you know on a return and they, like I, I bet they run like a trick play, maybe a fake punt, yeah. something that flips the field and puts it in their favor. But come on, Cash I, Daniel, I don't. Tell you what, f- I think like a, the boldest statement I'll make all week. And by the way, what world are we living in? You said the big one. Kentucky and Florida in the night game. Like, <laughs> That's I, how bad it is. It's crazy. But, like, <laughs> I, I'm going to make a very bold prediction. I bet you – I'll bet you that $5 that you won earlier that Cash Daniel will take a, a snap out of the Wildcats. That would be awesome. If they do that, they're winning the game, no doubt, because he's, he's taking yeah. it to the house. Uh, is Chris Myler Saturday down south. Last thing for you, did you see what Josh Jacobs uh, said this morning on uh, the Dan Patrick show? Oh, God, I'm scared. So, former Alabama running back, now Raiders rookie running back, uh, told the Dan Patrick Show that Saban is much funnier than people think and that he always hit them with D's, N-U-T-Z, oh, jokes. Yes. Saban's got D's jokes. 
I'll tell you what, man, that's a, that's a relief because I was really worried you were going to say something. Just with everything that comes out of a Raiders camp and storyline, it's just pretty fearful of. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think I think we're just always baffled when we go. Nick Saban has a sense of humor. He he's not just a robot, and, and, and you know, just getting angry at every reporters going. You want to schedule somebody tougher? You go schedule right. him. Like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's like his, his daughter's hilarious. This Terry's funny. Um, I'm sure he's got some redeeming qualities. But also, I bet you he's not as funny as they're giving him credit for. It's just like one of those like this healthy fear laps of like that your boss gives you it's like right yeah okay i just i really want that raise so if you could just <laughs> please stop telling me knock knock jokes please don't make me uh run run laps please uh he is uh chris marler saturday down south uh you guys you're doing what the road trip this weekend in south carolina i understand what you might have a couple more planned down the road this season yeah man we've done way too much this week i had, had surgery friday we just uh Put an offer in or under contract on our first house uh, yesterday. It's pretty exciting. And then now I'm going to some comedy show uh, we're doing tonight in Columbia, and so I'm making a whole weekend of it. And then doing tailgate tomorrow, which is like that's that's the main thing we're trying to do this fall. Um, going on a couple trips. We're going to be going to LSU for the Auburn game. Hopefully, uh, doing the same something similar and throwing a big tailgate because I've heard nothing but great things about LSU tailgates. And they'll be doing Athens as well and the SEC championship game. Yeah, it's it's a religion down here. I mean, we you know like it, it, people don't understand. I always tell the story. We went to Auburn years ago for LSU Auburn, and it was a two thirty kickoff. So we got on campus around seven a.m., set up our tailgate, and we start looking around, and all we see is nothing but purple and gold everywhere we look. We're going, the hell did, did the game get canceled or something? Where are the Auburn people? And around like noon, here come all the Auburn folks with their tents and stuff. We're like. Where the hell have y'all been? Like tailgate starts. Like tailgate doesn't start two. Shoulders, yeah. Yeah, tailgate that's, doesn't see, start that, two that hours. Kind of like I'm not. I'm not an LSU fan, but you guys like. I, we we see eye to eye on on most things involving drinking. So <laughs> I, I can't. I can't wait. So hopefully the South Carolina thing will be will be fun. But we're really looking forward to getting down to uh, Baton Rouge. Yeah, I had way too many white claws in Austin last week. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he is, uh, where, Chris... where were your seats? They put you like in a good seat, or were you like behind the band? Oh, I had a great seat. I was right. I was a section over from the band. I could uh, I okay. could almost make out numbers on the field, so it was great. Um, hey, we got the win. That's all that matters. That's, Chris Mahler, Saturday down south. Uh, good to talk with you, man. Good to hear you're doing well, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Sounds good, brother. Y'all have a good All right. One. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South. Uh, in case you guys don't already go there, go to SaturdayDownSouth.com. Check out uh, their content. Great uh, website when it comes to all things SEC football. So if you're like me, I'm not just a diehard LSU fan, but I'm a fan of the SEC as a whole. And look, we're it's funny. I talked to somebody about this the other day. We're we're better. Like, we do scouting reports on all the other teams in the SEC as an SEC fan. Like, I don't know if you're an Ohio State fan. Are you watching Illinois, Indiana? Are you watching some of the other teams closely? It just feels like in the SEC we're watching all the other teams too to see what they're doing because it's like, hey, we got Van- hey, you know we got Vandy next week. Got to keep an eye on them, see what they look like. So that's it's just I don't know of any other conference that does that. It's a Chris Gordy show, Sports twelve eighty. Quick break. Back after this.